This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, another week has passed. Yes, it's another week. The Wolves have not won a game again. Um, it seems like deja vu, deja vu every single week. And I've got to tell you, after the match yesterday, I was probably the most depressed I've been. I got back to my uh, to my dad's. If you've watched the vlog, you'll kind of see at the end. I was so down um, just because I feel we didn't do too bad yesterday and everything then we got in front, we came from behind and then everything seems to conspire against us that we end up losing the game and it's like you know it's the, the, the battle but we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna get stuck in tonight into so much because we've literally got two more games to the world cup obviously we've got the carabao cup on wednesday night we've got um a nice easy match next weekend against arsenal eight o'clock on a saturday night that's a bit unusual and um of course we lost the game three two to brighton yesterday but the major announcement that came out yesterday at the third time of asking, maybe third time lucky, Wolves announced uh, that their new manager will be Julian Lopetegui. And we're going to be talking to all of the guests on tonight, all the, uh, the, the guys that are ringing in, the pundits, about their thoughts on that, as well, of course, their, uh, their, their points that they'd like to raise about the game yesterday, man of the match, performance rating, highlight of the day. And, of course, the Wheel of Fortune. So it's been turned into quite a, a little bit of a popular, a little bit of a popular thing that we've got going. And that is that people do tend to like the bringing us all in groups. I know that Lucy likes groups. So our first group is consistent <laughs> of Lucy, Chris, who's uh, from Wolf Life to power the show. And we've got Josh. Now let me just check on the um, on the content and stuff that I've got everything set up correctly before we get stuck in. How are you guys? Great, thanks. How are you doing, Dave? Thank you. Not, not too bad. Thanks, Dave. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show again. Uh, you've obviously uh, few of you are quite regulars. Just to say that if you're in the live chat, you can uh, comment 
on all the conversations. You can ask questions of everyone. Um, you, all you have to do is to be a subscriber of the channel. And we've already got 128 people watching live, which is absolutely fantastic. So hi to all the chat. So, um, you know, Chris, first of all, just a big thanks to you um, for Wolf Life for um, supporting the uh, the channel. Before we get stuck in, if you just want to tell everyone a little bit about Wolf Life and um, how they can uh, get in touch with you about their life insurance and why they should. Yeah, so Wolf Life, we're a local company based in Bilston. Um, there's a couple of us. I'll be the main person who you'll be speaking to. Um, and what we do, we arrange independent advice and life insurance for, for, for all of our all of your subscribers, any any watchers, listeners. Um, what we do, troll the market, get them the best deal that's out there. Um, it, it's not just life and protection. It's it's mortgages and anything else you'd like to talk about and we can help you with. Um, but, yeah, all you need to do is... is I think there's a link in the description, description below. below uh, yeah, and enter yeah. a competition as well. Yeah, there's a competition to win a signed wolf shirt. Um, you've got to drop us your details, uh, email. We need we need a, a phone number, and we need to speak to you because uh, a few times the phone numbers maybe missed a digit, or you know it's easy to get a digit wrong. Um, but you know we've spoken. I've spoken to a few people, quite a few people now. So uh, the more the merrier. Hope, hope people want to get in touch. And uh, that's great. And we'll be announcing when we're doing the draw for the first, because there's going to be a couple of draws during the season, and we're going to be announcing yeah. hopefully uh, shortly when the draw is going to be for the uh, for that wall shirt for the first half of the season. A cool. uh, big thank you to uh, F1 for your um, super chat there and donation. I appreciate that. That definitely helps power the show. Thank you very much. And if you do want to send a super chat or ask a question or you want to become a member, uh, please join. Josh, welcome. You're right, Dave. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. All good. Yourself? I'm really good. I look at this here. I've just had my cup of tea that's been been given to me by the producer. Good time. I'm all sorted. Were you there yesterday? I was indeed. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I was quite optimistic going into going into it to be honest. So uh, just a shame the way it finished. But yeah. Hey, hey, Lucy, how about you? I was there, my dear. I was there. Yes, same same goes. I was optimistic. I was quite hopeful going into it, but obviously things don't go our way yet again. And absolutely, Reginald Philpot is saying, "Hey, he's from Bermuda. I love your shows. Wolves always been my team. He's good lad. Why don't you guys in the chat let us know where in the world you're watching us? So we know over 153 in the chat. So Lucy, what would you like to say about the game um, first of all? About what what would what would you like to, to say? I thought I thought we played positive football yesterday. Um I think that the team seemed to build up build and build and build as they went on during the game. Um the first fifteen minutes were very dull. They didn't know where they were going, they didn't know where to pass. It just it just seemed rubbish. Um <laughs> Cheeky, um, but then they the just started to come into their own, I suppose, and the the, the fight was there. You know, and it, it they looked like the wolves that we were a a, a long while back. <laughs> um, but then just things 
go to pot again, don't they? And referees don't help again. What was your thoughts on the referee yesterday, Josh? He's just... A, a Brighton didn't get a single book in that game. I do not know. Yeah. The amount of challenges. I know we made a few. Rob, we had the red card. I couldn't there. believe that we never, he never, never gave a yellow card mm. to them the whole I game. This time last night, my brother said, did they not get a card? And I quickly jumped no. on Sky Sports app and checked it. No yellow card at all. No. Brighton. I was like... Especially that one with Danny Welbeck towards the safe bank second half when he just played into the back of uh, Bueno. It was just like, not a single attempt for the ball. 100%. Chris, what would you like to say on that about the ref? Because I saw you nodding there. He, he, I mean, he had a bit of a stinker, didn't he? I mean, <laughs> it's, amazing, it's amazing how ref, refs seem to get swayed at places like Anfield and Old Trafford. But when, you know, we never seem to have a ref on our side, you know. Uh, when, when's the like ref going to come to Molyneux and give us some dodgy decisions in our favour? <laughs> it never happens. Um, and, you know, I, I thought, you know, the, the, the red card was, it could have been booked. It didn't need to didn't need to be a red card, in my opinion. I'm, well, I'm going to actually, actually ask. So your opinion is it wasn't, because I've got to be honest, when I came out, for, out afterwards and we were talking, my dad was a bit obsessed about the red card. And I was kind of saying, because we're obviously in the North Bank, it happened up towards the South Bank. And um, I was saying, like, need to watch it back. Whereabouts were all you guys watching it from? Steve Ball. So you're in the Steve Ball, Josh? South Bank. Chris? Brother Sofa. Hit it on the Brother television. Sofa. You probably had the best view of everything, didn't you? So, Chris, it wasn't a red card. Lucy, your <laughs> thoughts on, on that? Have, have you... I, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was myself, personally, from where we were, because we're the other end, we're your end, yeah. the North Bank end. But from where I could see, it wasn't. Uh, I, I didn't think so anyway. I thought it'd, it'd be lucky to get away with the yellow card for that. And yeah. Josh? I don't think it was a red. Josh? Yeah, so I, I don't think it was a red. Um, if he was running on goal, then maybe. But he yeah. was going down the left-hand side, on the edge of yeah. the left, left-hand side of the 18-yard box. Yeah. Running to the byline, he's going nowhere near that goal. And to get to the goal, he's still got to stop and turn. And he's yeah. bowled into the back of him. For me, to yellow. If he was on goal, then it's a red. But he wasn't on goal. See that that was the, that was the thought that I could see. Having watched it back and seen it back, Samado, he had a bad game. I mean, the second yeah. goal he should have done better with for start off. Um, and then like. The uh, the red card is out of position. He's looking at the ball. He, I don't think there's any. Initially, I didn't think there was any intent. I thought it was a, just a coming together. But watching it back, he does get his arms yeah. around him. Now yeah. the question to me for the ref, and obviously the VAR decision decided this. The guy's knocked it towards goal. Would he have a? Would he have had control of the uh, of the ball to be denied a goal scoring opportunity? That's the key. And I don't think personally. He had control. I think it was dreadful from Samedo. It yeah. was stupid. Yeah. I think if it was just a coming together, he'd have got around with a yellow card. Yeah. But like he's got his arm around him and he rugby tackles him down. So it's stupid. It's a silly, it's like Costa last week. I mean, with you know, Costa yeah. people were going about his passion and stuff, knocking that. It wasn't a bad head, but it was sort of like just knocked a little bit on his head, but he goes towards it. It's stupid. It's a silly thing. The discipline level, you look at Collins with his Kung Fu kicks as well, probably yeah. no intent, mm -hmm. but the discipline level of the, of the players have got to be questioned. 
three red cards in 14 games. We've already got injuries, and then you've got players are out. It's stupid. Costa last week, okay, it was two minutes towards the end of the game. It wasn't a long way to go. Samedo, we've got the whole 45 minutes to deal mm. with in the second half, and that's virtually sim similar to what happened with Man City. And, yeah, I thought we played well. We defended well. But ultimately, you just you just they only need one overlap, and it happened, didn't it? Although I do believe that goal should have been cut out six or seven times before he got into the area. Yeah. Um, Josh, anything you want to come in on on, on the uh, the game itself? Any points that you want to raise? Um, I thought we were in it all game until until we went down to ten men. I thought we were in it, and I know because Bright, I think Brighton were very narrow. Apart the fullbacks were out there all the time. With midfield and up front, they were very narrow, so it packed out the midfield. Um, I thought, and if you notice, they won every second ball because yeah. they packed their yeah. midfield was. Um, Adam Lallana, unbelievable yesterday. Mm. He was he was on fire for them. That the intelligence of pinging that ball over. Yeah. Do you not think like, and, and, and that's another one though? It should not have been allowed to have even been in a position to do that. There was yeah. about six Wolves players around him, and he, he was able to do, deliver the ball. And then Samada didn't even seem to jump. No. no. All he needed yeah. to do there really is just 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 be smart and just strong stop and jump. He just knew all he needed to do was just keep backing into him. If he goes up, his hands are going on top of him. And he's most likely if Samado goes down and he gets to know where the ball, we get the free kick. Mm. We're just losing that bit of intelligence, I think, like with his red card, um, couple of the loose balls. But in all in all, I don't think we played too bad. It's just mm. these little mistakes that keep creeping through. Yeah. which are letting us down big time. I think that's a fair comment. Uh, Lucy, do you want to come in on that point? Which point? Which 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 part? About how we played. Oh. I, I, yeah, I, I thought we played well. I did. Um, I think the young guns, again, were just class. You go, boy, now. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant again. But I've got to say, for me, Guedes yesterday, he pulled it out the bag yesterday. Yeah. He really impressed yesterday, and I was so chuffed for him to get that goal. I was so so happy for him because it's it's been a long time coming. He has been trying, but he's he's failed each time. Whereas yesterday he was he was class. He was he was brilliant. Um, I've, got to, I've got to say I was impressed. I, I mean, go on, sorry, Lucy. Ubercard Troyore as well. Brilliant. He's been yeah. a fight. These are the two highlights for me uh, of this bad run. Is Hugo Bueno. Um, he does. He looks probably our best wing back, full back. He looks our best full back. He hasn't let anyone down. He, 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 he's been great. And Ubercard Troyore, fantastic. He's yeah. everywhere. He's he's quite quick as well. He's, he's got a real passion about closing the ball down. And also, the reverse ball for Guedes' goal that he yeah. got, he plays him in. The great yeah. goal. Fantastic. And just on, just on Guedes, he had a great game. And I think the Wolves fans have been very on Guedes' back and Wang. I don't know if you noticed, both of them got applauded off the pitch yesterday. Yeah. They went off and it was nice to see Wang turn around and clap and... Guedes, when he came off, he clapped the fans and stuff because they've been hiding yeah. when at the end of games they've been off down the uh, the thingy. And I hope that gives them a bit of confidence. But Guedes also stayed on his feet for the goal. I yeah. think he was, 
I thought he was going to go over. If he goes over there, surely the ref sends the player off and a penalty. Anyway, yeah. uh, on, on, on to the um, performance rating and, and the match and your highlight, Chris, what are you going to go with? Um, well, I'm, I'm predictable. I'm afraid I'm going to say get is his goal. Um, and the performance rating, you got to... If, if I could ignore the first 15 minutes where we were, we were too... We were too far up the pitch. We shouldn't have. We shouldn't have been that far up the pitch. We shouldn't have been pressing Brighton in, you know, towards their last their last third, because that plays into their hands. That they play a counter-attacking game. We shouldn't have been doing that. So when we dropped back a bit, we did a lot better. Um, I'm going to say performance rating says six and a half. Um, Samado's not going to get six and a half, but um, but then highlight of the game is get as his goal because I knew a right Traore's pass. Was superb, such Absolutely a beautiful. He was perfectly weighted. It was brilliant, and, and Geddes really turned up. And Geddes and Troyori were the, the men, men of the match for us. Um, but you know, defensively, we we need to really pull our socks up um, and, and get more organised. And hopefully, the new manager will improve that. We're going to come on to the new management. What's your performance rated? And did you uh, say you've given Geddes manager match as well as well as your highlight of the day? Highlight of the day was get as his goal. Performance rating out of ten, six and a half. Six and a half. And um, what, what was your goal? Um, your man of the match. Man of the match. I'm going to go for Geddes for the goal, and he worked hard right. for until he got worn out. I, I thought he he worked hard for us. I'm not going to give the Brighton man a man of the match. <laughs> is that yeah? Is that Japanese Brighton player Menino or whatever? He, he was good. really really good. To be fair, yeah, they do find them. Uh, Josh. Um, your performance rating, man of the match, and highlight of the day. Uh, performance rating for me has got to be a six. Um, highlight of, of the day for me has got to be Gwelleshi's goal because after what he did at the end of the game at Brentford last week, I don't think many of us were pleased with him when he flung his hand at one of the coaches and walked straight down the tunnel. So for him to come back and do what he did this week, I thought fair play. You've, you've stuck to your guns and you've applauded everyone as you've walked off when you after you've scored and. The turn around on his attitude, I thought, which is what he needs. He needs he needs to kick on because I think he is a good player. When you see it, but like a lot of Valencia players say, fans said, um, he goes missing when the team aren't playing well, which is what we've seen all season so far. So for him to get the goal yesterday for me was my highlight. And then the man of the match has got to be Bueno. I just you think Bueno again. Yeah, he's for me. He's just come into the, the squad and he's the only fullback out the four for me, that starts every week. Can't argue. Can't argue with that. I think he's been absolutely magnificent. Considering he's a young lad, he's come into the Premier League and he's been uh, probably in the top three in every single game since he's come on. He's been absolutely yeah. fantastic. And the, what I love about him is his positivity, his work rate, his positional play... And the fact that he's always looking to deliver a ball. And when he delivers a ball in, yeah. I mean, in the second half, when we had 10 men, he had that ball where he was going to go on the outside. He cut in and then delivered it in. Mm. Geddes got on the end of it. OK, looped up and the keeper tipped it over the bar. But again, it's another good delivery, which was fantastic to see. Um, you know, we had that one chance, didn't we, uh, from a very smart move from the free kick into uh, Traore. Traore smashed it, but it was a not as high for the keeper. If he'd hit that down low, I think we might have got um, a sneaky goal. But some great points there. 
And we're going to come back in a minute and talk about the manager as well. Lucy, your performance rating, man of the match and highlight of the day? I think performance rating for me was would be a seven, um, just for the pure fight that they were showing yesterday. Um, and it was it was just it was a good game. We're just extremely unlucky in that eighty sixth minute, was it? Eighty four. I think it was the eighty fourth minute, eighty third, eighty fourth minute. It was so unlucky, so unlucky. But it again, it's it's one of them things. Playing against twelve men, simple as that. Well, I'll put that on my thing. 12 against 10, because the referee did seem to uh, be slightly... Uh, maybe I've just got gold-tinted glasses, I don't know, but it, the referee wasn't very popular at uh, at Molyneux at no. all, was he? He wasn't no. very popular at all. No. So, um, what are you thinking about the new manager then, uh, finally being announced, uh, Lucy? I mean, what are your, your, your thoughts on Julian Lopakade? Can I just give you another match first? Oh, yeah, cool. Sorry, yeah. My new favourite now, Cody can, um, Bueno for me. Brilliant. You go Bueno as well for you. He, he he just class. The lad is class. I watched him in the under twenty threes when they played at Molyneux, uh, when they lifted that cup. And I'm telling you now, that boy can shift. When he's got that ball, he's so in control, so demanding of the ball. He, his arms were flailing all the time, saying, oh, "I want the ball." Like, give it to me he, he knew where he should be what he should be doing with it and he's just he's just brilliant brilliant and he did the same again yesterday i love the him fresh air isn't he lucy it really is really really is and he deserved his new contract as well we should say that oh. giving him a new contract as well and he you know he's he breaks <laughs> into the side and in his first month wins castor player of the month as well and gets a new contract that says a lot about him that, that made me smile so much. It was brilliant. Did you see the interview with him? Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really down to earth, um, which is what I like. And Wolves have had him since the age of 16. And it's always great when you see a young lad that comes through into the team. You know, we've seen it with Max Kilman, who's come through. We've seen it with a few of the other ones. But, like, he's really come in and established himself. And to me, he's undroppable at the moment. He'll be classed as own ground as well when he's 21. He classes his own ground. We do need some, even though he's Spanish, he does. So, Lucy, uh, on to the manager, Julian Lopetegui. Your thoughts on him finally getting done? I'm, I'm chuffed. We've actually got him. Um, if Wolves wanted him in the first place, when they, uh, Fosun, sorry, when they first took over, that there's got to be a reason for that. And they were disappointed they couldn't get him the first time round. Though, there's obviously something about him that they can see that we need and bring it on. I can't wait. I just I want to pen, put pen and paper together and uh, make a good song. What we did with Nuno. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get the place rocking again because it was boring again yesterday. It's, it's heartbreaking oh. not winning all the time, especially when that's how I felt because I felt like we were going to go on. And, I felt we were going to go on and win it and... Uh, one of the things that I was really impressed with yesterday again was the reaction. Brentford away, we went a goal behind, we came back within two minutes, we equalised. We weren't really in the game for the first 10 minutes. Brighton were, you know, they're very, they're a great side, football inside. They're very well managed. They're, they run very, very well as a football club. That You know, all the things that we've been questioning Wolves on in the recent times. But what the players reacted and we got a goal straight back and then we got in front and I thought maybe today's the day. And then, of course, 
the second goal comes, the sending off comes, and then after that, I think we'd have had 11 versus 11 in the second half. We could have got on and won it, but mm. we didn't. Josh, mm. um, your thoughts on finally getting the signing of Julian Lopetegui and his credentials and what you think he's going to bring to the team? I'm, he... I'm, re I'm really happy. Really happy we've got him now. Um, although I still think it's going to be a it's going to be a tough job. Um, I say for me, I've been thinking about it. we've got to at least win ten games now. Um, between now and the end of the season, with twenty four games left, is it something? Ten games, I think, think probably eight games we need to win. Yeah, one two. But um, I'm I'm looking forward to what he brings and the fact that he's bringing in his own backroom staff as well. After we heard the other week that whoever was coming in, he's getting the backroom staff the board want. There's obviously been complete U-turns at board level um, with what he's being given and what he's been told and there's been rumours of him being given up money in January to to sort it out. So hopefully he can get us going. Um, it's going to be a tough tough January and start of February when, when he comes in. So we've got to we've got to get some points in that first month and a half and uh, start to climb up the table a bit. But I think I think well I hope he does it. Um, I think he's got I think he'll bring a bit of fight back into the team. Nah, I, th I think we, I think we can see some good football under him as well. I think from what I saw when he was at Sevilla, the football was quite similar to Nuno, weather the storm of it. But he would also have a chop it and change it and go attacking quite a bit, which is what they did against us in the um, Europa League quarterfinals. They absolutely dominated us on the ball, um, and we just tried to weather the storm all game, and they just pounced on us all the way for a good sixty minutes after we scored. Well, they were they were so superior to us that, uh, that night, and it says a lot about uh, as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen the uh, Gulen Balaji um, thing that he did on the announcement on his uh, channel. He talked a lot about uh, about him and about his record, and it's exciting for the for the Wolves fans to have got him, and the fact that the Sevilla fans clapped him, you know, all round the ground when he left and stuff, and. It took Sevilla two, three Champions League finishes, a Europa League. Sevilla had never done that in their history. Uh, and they did sell a few players from under him last season. So I think it's quite exciting. From what I understand, it's backroom team are arriving at Molyneux on Tuesday. Yeah, He should be landing at Molyneux on Friday. He'll be in the stands to watch the Arsenal game. Um, so hopefully... That energises the players. I know it's a difficult task with Arsenal and stuff like that, but you know we've seen it so many times on Wolves team when you just don't think they're going to get a result against no chance. They go and pull something out. Who's to say it can't happen? Uh, Chris, your thoughts on the appointment? Will he keep us up? Yes, he'll keep us up. I, I think it'll. I think Josh is absolutely right. I think we need we need to win, start well, win a few games. I mean, nobody said anything about transfers, but. I'm hoping he knows of some, maybe some young Spanish or maybe even Portuguese players who um, might might be able to we might be able to bring in. Um, but we we do need to hit the ground running. And from what I know, which isn't an awful lot, but I know he's quite a pragmatic style of you know manager. He'll he'll play four three three, but he'll want the wing backs pushing on. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that works. Not unlike. You know, Nuno was a bit like that sometimes, wasn't he? He's quite pragmatic and then go for it when we need to. Um, and he likes to keep hold of the ball. It's very much a sort of possession-based, you know, style, which hopefully will suit us with Matino and Neves. I mean, he, wasn't it him who made Neves 
The, yes, um, he basically gave Neves his start at Porto, didn't yeah. he? I saw. I think this is another good thing. Yeah. The fact that he's going to be coming in, Neves is the club captain. They've got that relationship straight yeah. away. He's going to have the club captain on his side. Neves is going to be able to talk. They've got that previous relationship, and I think it's a good thing if you can get the team going. Hopefully, Neves signs that new contract, maybe with a buyout clause in it and stuff like that. He's worked with the likes. I think he's worked with Traore and Costa and Johnny Otto yeah. uh, in the Sp in the Spanish squad um, as well. He's worked with Costa as well. So there's a few that he knows there. He's, I think the good thing is he's bringing his own team in, um, which is what he wants. From what I understand, and I don't think he would have come if he hadn't been told to the board, I need to bring some of my own some players in in January. And they're probably going to loosen the purse strings, which they probably wasn't going to do, but they're going to, they're probably seeing that they need to do. Because at the end of the day, if they have to go and spend another fifty million pounds in the transfer window in January, if we get relegated and go down, then it's a lot more costly than that. Um, I hope we can get a result against Arsenal because we are going to start to be cut adrift, and then you've got to win two games just to stand level. Um, we're going to do the uh, the spin the wheel. We're just going to get on to uh, to the spin the wheel and uh, let's see how you get on with the wheel for this week. We'll see whether we can come up. I haven't updated the question. So if the one comes about, I'll... <coughs> we've done that one before. So let's, just, let's do, do this one. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Who wants to go first with this? What would you do if you were invisible for a day? What would you do if you were invisible for a day? Who wants to go first? Go on, I'll go. I've got mine pretty quickly. Yeah. I'd love to stand in the Wolves boardroom and see what they're doing. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> see, see what they're doing. See if we actually know what, the, what they're doing. Because at the moment, it doesn't look like they are. Apart from the latest appointment, I'll give them that. But the last month, um... it's just been like... What's going on? So to stand in the boardroom and see what they're doing day to day would be, would, would be exactly what I'd do. Fantastic. I love it. Uh, Chris or Lucy, you're up next. <laughs> I, I don't think going, Lucy. I, I really can't answer it. I, I, I can't think of anything. You can't uh, think. We'll go to Chris then and we'll give you an extra 30 seconds. <laughs> apart from loving Josh's answer, there's no way anybody's going to better that. Um, I, I'm being the type of Dad, I am. I'd probably want to be sort of shadowing my son to see if he's actually all right at school, loving life, and um, just making sure sure he's all right. But, yeah. Fantastic. That's a, that's a bit of a dad answer. Well, that's a really nice answer, Chris. Uh, Lucy, have you got one now? Yeah, I think mine would be similar to Chris, to be honest. Like going to the college with my son um, and seeing the praises being heaped upon him with his art course because he's doing really, really well. I'm really proud of him. So cool. I'd like to, you know, witness that for myself. Fantastic. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Guys, um, as always, so entertaining, so honest, mm -hmm. which I really love. I know you you all wanted to come on early today. So uh, thank you very much. Josh, normally don't mind staying to the end. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, do you think we're going to beat... Uh, I'll just want to... Yes, no answer. Two questions. Are we, be, are we beating uh, Leeds on Wednesday? Are we beating Arsenal on uh, next weekend? Yes, yes, or no, no, or yes, no, or not sure. Josh? I'm going to go... No, yes. 
out the Carabao beating Arsenal. Yeah. Oh, hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. So I don't think either either one of us or Leeds will want to win that game on Wednesday night. Yeah. Chris? Uh, that's a good point. Um, no, I think we'll beat Leeds and I'd, I'd, sadly, I'd love us to beat Arsenal, but I'd, I'd just like us to get a draw against Arsenal, quite frankly, because they have thrashed a few teams. They have. Lucy? Yes, against Leeds, because especially if we put Troy or Ray on, because he does like a cup run. Yeah. Um, that's a scoring cup run, so yeah, I can see us winning that one. Um, Arsenal, <laughs> I'm not sure. Not not sure at all. Take a point. I'd, I'd take a point quite gladly, yes, against Arsenal. I mean, they're absolutely flying at the minute, so yeah. quite quite gladly, yes. <laughs> OK, so there's only one that's confident. That's Josh, which I like it. <laughs> uh, guys, thanks ever so much for uh, coming on. Much appreciated. And um, hopefully uh, next week we're smiling. And we've got an amazing <laughs> win against Arsenal. You can come back and Josh can go, I told you so. There you go. <laughs> See you guys. Cheers, Dave. Have everyone. See you later. Take care. So, absolutely fantastic. Um, that's uh, Lucy, Chris, and, of course, uh, Lucy's still on the screen. And um, now we're bringing on, we're going to do this in, uh, in we've got, Another four in the background. So we've got Paul and Jason. I'm going to change the background. And we're going to do, and then we've got Nathan and Sam to come up after that. I'm just going to change the background so it looks nicer. There you go. Hi, boys. How are you? All right, everyone. I'm good. Jason, loving your backdrop. Yes, well, this is the new Wolf Whistle Bar. I've been working on this. So I'm going to be doing, as you know, some uh, video podcast with former players soon. So what better way to do it than in a bar over a drink? I'm looking forward to when we do that, man. That's going to be so good. I really. Yeah. We'll talk more about that obviously later on uh, when we yeah uh, we do the yeah uh, the, the special hundreds edition uh, coming up very very soon. We've got guys to uh, the uh, the hundreds podcast always walls podcast coming up very soon. We've got a really nice location. Um, so make sure that you subscribe to the channel. Yeah, you, you've got you subscribe to your podcasts um, because that's going to be a real special one. Paul, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Yeah, how about yourself? Not too bad. Just to let you know, me and Paul are quite good at five-a-side. Um, you know, we're, 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 Paul, when he can get over on a Tuesday night, we play. And I think we've played five times. And we were four we were, on a, we were four against five last, last week, weren't we? We were up against it, but we uh, we pulled through, didn't we? And Eight, seven. But we were holding on at the end when you pulled, pulled your groin for the last 10 minutes and we were having to try and... Do game management. We uh, we've managed to hold out to uh, to win. There's some extreme game management. They didn't like it, but it got us through, didn't it? No, kept passing it back to the keeper and stuff, didn't we? Because uh, you couldn't you couldn't cut well. Can't we? It's basically five against three and a half at the end, but we still held on, which was pretty good. But yeah, no, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Jason, um, lovely. Looking forward, as I say, to all the stuff to, for coming next year and the hundredth edition. What would you like to say about the game yesterday? Well, people are dressing it up, Dave, and people are saying, oh, we, we played better, we played well. So I've got some statistics. 28, oh, 28% possession yesterday, Brighton 72%. Wolves 256 passes completed, Brighton 653. So don't, I can't listen to all this, we played better, because we didn't. The stats don't lie. Um, I'll come in on that point though, Jason. Just coming back at you, obviously, with because I yeah. have to. Is I, I guess what you're saying about the stats, which is correct, 
Yeah. However, you have to take into contact, surely, that the second half of the game, we were down to 10 men, so surely Brighton are going to have more of the okay. more of the, that's So, it, whose fault is it we're down to 10 men? Well, it's Samedo's fault. Yeah. And and all this blaming the ref, it'll even itself out over the season. Let's stop making excuses. It's does it know, Jason? Because it uh, never seems to do that with Wolves, though, does it? Whether he does or he doesn't, Dave, listen... If you look at those stats, 28% possession, how are we going to win games on 28% possession? How are we going to beat a team that has done 650 passes and we've done 250? How are we going to beat a team when we've had 65% possession and we've still lost? Well, many times this season. Yeah, but Dave, 28% possession. It's the lowest, isn't it, in their Wolves Premier League history, I believe, that? It's just shocking. I mean... I personally, personally can't dress it up. And we'll talk about Lopetegui in a minute, but I don't actually think he, he, he realises what he's walking into and the job he's walking into. And I'm changing my mind now because um, I think we think this team is better than it actually is. And we're looking at these signings of Nunes and Guedes and thinking they're better than they actually are. I know Nunes didn't play yesterday. Yes, Guedes got a goal. But for me... I mean, is Collins an upgrade on our defence from last season? Yeah. You're still there? You think you... Sorry, yeah. I said, is Collins an upgrade on our defence from last season, Dave? Um, I think the, the I think Collins is a very, very good player. He's a young player. Um, you know, and he's, I, I saw him putting a few good headers and tackles yesterday from behind the North Bant, and he was putting things about... I just think the problem isn't necessarily the two central defenders. I think the problem is his wing backs playing as full backs and they're well, getting exposed. If you look at the defence yesterday, you've got Samedo who, who, who just went on a bit of a mad one. And then the other three defenders, Bueno, Collins, and Kilman, are all very young. And for me, there's way, way, way too much experience in, in a four man defence for a Premier League team. I agree. So, Nick Shelley, I don't think Collins is an upgrade at all on the defence we've had last season. Prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt, prepared to listen to all the plaudits he was getting and what he did for Burnley last year, etc., etc., in a relegated side. I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm not, I'm not impressed at all. I'll be, you know, I'll just say as I see. I want to really, I want to bring Paul in on this point and, and uh, see your thought of you to, uh, taking on from what Jason's been saying about the stats and the defence and stuff. What, what, what do you think on, on those comments, Paul? I think probably somewhere in the middle of what Jason's saying and what the, the three previous guests were saying. My feeling as I went out of the match yesterday was I felt jealous going away from that match, seeing everything that Brighton were that we're not. Um, the, the energy, the closing down, the passing and moving, the creativity, um, They've gone and put three past Liverpool away. They've put four past Chelsea. And I think the gulf between us and them all of a sudden is really stark. And it's quite scary, actually. So, um, And they're not the only team as well. I've watched Newcastle today. I've watched Leicester last night. Uh, Fulham at the weekend as well. And it's quite scary how, how far um, superior these teams are to us at the moment. And it hurts to say that, and it hurts to say that you've walked out the match feeling jealous of watching another team, but they get the recruitment right as well, don't they, Brighton? They um, they lost the manager and quickly got another highly rated manager in. Um, they've got a lot of things going for them at the moment, and um, we 
we haven't. And I think perhaps the the issues run wider than just the 11 players on the pitch. But yeah, I, I can't sit here and say that was a good performance yesterday. But what I can say is that I think we did quite well to actually stay in the game because at, at one point in the second half, you, you, you were thinking, OK, we've been backs against the wall. We haven't played that well, but we could actually pinch this 3-2. We wouldn't have really deserved it. I don't we had think. a chance, didn't we? That one chance we try already, you know, as we talked about earlier. If that yeah. had hit low and hard, it might have, it, at the near post, it could easily have gone in and been 3 2. Exactly. So, so they deserve some credit for hanging on in there, however they did it, you know. And I know um, watching the highlights back on match of the day, the only thing they could really show was. Um, Solly March's shot early on in the second half that Saw made a good save from. Other than that, I can't really recall them actually, you know, clearances off the line or hitting the post or anything. So they do deserve some credit for keeping them at bay. But I think there was quite a big gulf in between the teams. And as Jason said, with the stats on the possession, I think that kind of backs up his point a little bit. I think when you look at Brighton, I think you like exactly what I said, and I've said this um, in the post-match reaction, I said it on my blog, their club is managed from top to bottom yeah. brilliantly. The way it's run from boardroom, the way they reacted to the manager situation, their transfer policy, how they find the players, how they play football. They're a club that are steadily just going in that direction. Walls were a club like that a couple of years ago. Mm. And it seems that they just turned the tap off and they stopped investing and made, and then been making a series of very weird, strange decisions. And now we're in this position. And, you know, when you get into a strong position, like last, last year we were in fancy Europe, you know, and we could have invested and kicked on. I bet you, I bet you, Newcastle go and invest in in the January window to try and push on to consolidate Europe. Um, yeah, so really good point on that, Jason. I get your point on what you're making. The one thing that I took out the game yesterday, although I felt flat and I'm depressed, is the fact that looking back two games ago, the Leicester game, it looked like a team without any fight. I saw against Brentford last week. I thought we had some fight as for the shirt. I thought yesterday they played for the shirt. There wasn't really anyone that went missing as such. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, what we say about fight, Dave, we conceded a goal yesterday in the 83rd minute where we switched off. I mean, he's put the ball in the net and there's two or three players that could have blocked that. So, I think it should have been blocked five or six times at game. So, so, where, where is the fight? You can't fight. You can't fight for 82 minutes and then switch off in the 83rd. You can't switch off in the Premier League. Brighton are a good side. We've got to hope at the end of this season that there's three teams worse than us in the league. And right now, I can't see. Lopetegui's got a massive job on his hand. Clearly, he's been given to fund. Uh, he'll be given funds to spend in January. That looks uh, obviously a clear indication. There is no way with this team playing the way they are, with the mentality that they're in, are they going to stop up? Absolutely no way. Like I said, Brighton are a good side. You know, we can't take anything away from Brighton. We talk about the refs. We got a penalty yesterday, and I've seen them not given. You know, I have. Um, Never's got a penalty the other week as well. So we are getting a rub of the green with the refs. We, we, we can't blame that. We're in this position because of serious mismanagement. When they got, they shouldn't have got rid of large, in my opinion, until Wapatagi was about to be announced. Right, so they might as well have kept him for these four games because he ain't doing any worse than Davis. 
So you either get the manager in place. I know we've spoke over this point before. We either get the manager in place uh, the, the, the minute large is gone, or what have we done for the past four or five games? So I, don't, I don't tend to concur with that point of view. I get what your point of view is, um, but Bruno Large, after that Leicester game, his, his position was un, untenable. And okay, had that, it was. It, it was but Dave, and then look at the circus we've been on um, with all the managers that have rejected us, all the ones we've been linked with, all the unsettling. You know, it, I, in hindsight, Unless there was someone else lined up, you might as well have stuck with him because we, we was more likely going to get points with him than we have to. And I'm not... I get you, but at that point, um, if he picks up a couple of wins and then, all oh, right, we'll stick with him again. It's like, and then he... Well... He, I saw a team under Bruno Large, and I've always tried to give him the excuses and the benefits of that. The, the game when he played yeah. Neves as a centre-back against yeah. West Ham. Yeah, the, the, I, I think Steve Davis, although he's an interim... Yeah. They're playing more for him than they were playing for Bruno okay. I'm not blaming Steve Davis whatsoever, by the way, because he's been Terry Connor here and shook right under the bus. But I, I just think, um, look, for the benefit of hindsight, it, it, it's a fantastic thing. They should have had someone in lined up ready to take over from large. They, they should have had all this planned. 100% agree. 100% agree with that. All, they should have had it all planned. But this could really, really now form our season. Yes, we've got Larger's backroom team coming in Tuesday. Uh, sorry, um, Lopetegui's uh, backroom team coming in Tuesday. And Lopetegui's coming over next Friday. He's going to watch the Arsenal match. Likely, Hoodies, that's going to be a horror show. And then he's going to take over. Well, he's going to take over now, but his first game is going to be after the World Cup. Do you know what? You say you've got to, we've got to win eight games. Wow. That, that's a lot of work to do. A lot of work. Uh, Paul, on, we'll, we'll come on to the game itself because we're talking about the new manager and everything, Julian uh, Lopetegui. When the announcements were made, how are you feeling about that? Um, you know, what do you think he's going to bring to the Wolves squad? How is he going to change that mentality? And um, do you believe he's the right man and he will ultimately end up keeping Wolves in this division and getting us playing again? It's a great show of intent from um, from the board. They've been criticised a lot, haven't they, lately? But I don't think anyone really can criticise this appointment. He's been manager, you have to say, he's a world-class manager because if you're manager of Spain or Real Madrid, that means you are world-class to get to that level. So I think, you know, I've got um, a lot of high hopes, really, that he can work wonders and work wonders quickly. And I think the first thing he's got to do is make us hard to beat again. We started off the season um, quite tight at the back and I think there was a stat fairly recently that we'd kept um, the second highest amount of clean sheets, but that seems to have really gone out the window last few games. And we're not going to outscore teams like three or four nil. We're going to win games by nicking games. So I think his first job is to make us very difficult to break down um, and then he's got to worry about the goals second. It's going back to basics, I think, really. I'm not. I'm not going to say that he needs to go back to a back five or anything because I do believe he can be solid with a back four. But that's his. That's his job that he's got to do: make us organised, difficult to beat, and make the players um, come together as a unit and and have a very clear strategy or plan. We're not. Um, we're not a pressing team. We're not a low block team. We're not a counter attacking team. We're not a team that puts crosses in. We're not really a team that. Um, necessarily has great possession so 
at the moment, I don't know what kind of team we are. And if he can make us into being a team with a clear identity and strategy early, that's great. But I think we have to be very patient and we can't expect him just to sail in and then all of a sudden we get two or three wins on the bounce. As great as that would be, I don't think that's very likely. So he's got the best part of two-thirds of a season, hasn't he, to, to do that. And hopefully the success will come quickly, but we can't expect it overnight. Well, we've got a tough run of fixtures as well after the uh, after January. We've got some really tough fixtures coming up. I mean, the one the one good thing that I, the one positive I will take out of it, we're going into the World Cup break. It's not halfway through the season; it's a third of the way through the season. Um, he obviously there's going to be players that are going to be obviously going to the World Cup, but other than that, he's going to be able to have almost a mini. Uh, pre-season. I hope some of that's on fitness training and stuff like that because I don't think the players have been as fit as I've seen under, say, Nuno, for example. They were super fit and I'm not sure that the fitness levels have been quite there. Um, I mean, looking into the transfer window, Jason, I think yeah. he's been given some money to spend. If you were, Julian, looking uh, at bringing keep players into key positions, where would you be looking to uh, bring him uh, for, for me, it's the spine of the team. I know people say Samedo gets pelters, ain't Norway does as well. They're a bit inconsistent. Um, you know, this is what I hear and see. But with Samedo, I like Samedo. Right, I do. I like ain't Norway as well. Well, I know he's coming. He, he's looking good. Johnny, for me, is done. I mean, that... <laughs> the game against Leicester, downing tools on the pitch is just indefensible. Yeah. Um, it needs to be the spine of the team. We need a centre half. I think we need someone with a little bit of experience because you know what? Um, you said we need just, leaders, don't we, Jason? Yeah, I mean, you, you just quite rightly said, Dave, that we've got a difficult running. Dave, we've got a difficult running every game this season because pretty much every team that we play is above us in the table. So every team we play, it's going to be a difficult game. So to me. We need to get a spine down the team. Matinho is not going to last forever. Neves is on his way. I'm quite happy with this on the forwards and the wings. But I'd say experienced centre-half. We need a central midfielder. And we also need a centre-forward. I mean, the centre-forward thing, I can't even flipping talk about that. That just makes me mad. That just I makes me, mad. mate. I feel exactly... I think most Wolves fans are frustrated as hell no. about how we're in this situation. Not, you know, not only we're we not scoring goals, now we're shipping them in the other end. And all this, you know, oh, we had the, the, we had a great defensive record and all this. It's gone. We haven't got it anymore. We're shipping, you know, four goals at home against Leicester, three goals at home yesterday. So we can't dress up that we've had the best clean sheet record and all that. I ain't buying it. I'm not criticising you, Paul. Once again, the stats don't like. But right now, honestly, we're, we're proper in it. I'm really worried. And I'm the biggest happy clapper going. You know that, Dave. You look well, I, I, you know, I think we're all pretty po generally pretty positive. I'm the same, and I've got to be yeah. honest, mate. After the game yesterday, I was I was literally well, I was I was depressed. I was just when are we going to get our next win? It's hard to state. You know, just to touch upon the fitness day, Brighton scored yesterday just before half time. It was switching off. We've only got forty minutes in the tank, both halves. What and then. Obviously, they get the winner in the 83rd. And like you said, we could have had four, five, six blocks on that. It's frustrating. Oh, Paul, what, where, where do you, would you bring someone in? Would you agree with Jason? Or would you look at a slightly different position? 
Uh, I agree with all that Jason said. I mean, we've needed a number nine or someone who can complement Jimenez for three or four years, and that's that's a major, major reason for why we've regressed so much. For me, we're desperate for a right-back as well, because I agree with Jason. I agree um, with that totally. We need a right, a proper full-back if we're going to play four at the back. Yeah, 100%. I think Johnny's gone um, physically and probably mentally as well. And Samedo's costing us um, quite frequently as well. And how that how that bloke has played over 100 games for Barcelona and commanded a 30 million transfer fee, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with... Uh, George Mendes on that. Yeah, he'll know, yeah. It's funny how he was involved. In I just that, don't yeah. think the likes of Johnny Otto and Samedo suit a back four they kind of work in a back five when they've got that extra cover behind them but yeah. in a back in a back four I've, but the one thing that i've got to say you go bueno he hasn't got any near near the experience that they've got and yet he doesn't seem to make the same mistakes that they are making he seems positional play the way he, was, he just I'll, seems i'd say the, the answer, the answer for me to that, Dave, is I think the other players are, are, are playing under pressure. I think Brian has come into it. He, he can't really lose effectively, can he? I mean, he's coming into a team near the bottom of the league. He's a young player. You know, we can't obviously. He's going to be blameless. He got off to a flying start, so his confidence is, is running high. But then you look at Kilman and Kilman yesterday in possession when he's distributing the ball. He's gone from a player who would play out from the back. Who would move with the ball? Who would bring the midfield into play? And he was just doing a bit of hoofing sometimes. You could see he was a bit panicky and a bit rushed in possession. Uh, and I think that's all to do with confidence. So, listen, Bueno's had a fantastic... Bueno, Bueno, whatever it is. He's had a fantastic start for me. But, listen, he's a young lad. And, listen, they're going to make mistakes. And I just think with the three out of the four at the back being so young and inexperienced... That is a real worry for me. We need a leader, and we got rid of our leader. I mean, there's that Dawson incident from West Ham. They might go back in for him. He wants to come back to the Midlands, isn't he, where his family's from and yeah, stuff like that. I was arguing with the lad on Twitter all morning, and he just wouldn't go away. And in the end, I had to tell him to go, go and play on his Xbox. He just got all Cody. He was a crack defender, all this. But once again, it's not just the defending. It's the leadership qualities, and we miss it massively. I've said it before, Dave. That armband is Wayne Rubin Neves down, right? With Cody, he gives us so much more than just being a defender. People have got to see that. And they're going, no, we don't like cheerleaders in the team. No, that's not what he is. They don't get it. They don't get it. We are. That, that defence is no better for losing Cody, right? And that is just, just look at it. Anyway, I'm going to stop ranting now. No, no, I think it's exactly right. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. 
Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Paul, let's go on to the game itself. Let's just analyse in terms of the performance rating, your man of the match and your highlight of the day. I can't give it higher than, than a five and maybe that's even been generous. The fact that we managed to stay in the game for so long with 10 men and still offer a little bit of threat deserves a bit of credit. Scoring two goals um, as well was a bonus that you know we haven't seen very much of. So I'll give it a five. That's my max I can give it. Um, my man of the match is, is Guedes. Where's that kind of performance been since Tottenham away? Where's Maybe he wants kind of... to get into the into the Portuguese uh, World Cup squad. <laughs> you can't just turn it on and on and off when you feel like it. Though top players turn out top performances week after week. Yeah, he wants to be a top player. He can't just play well one in ten matches. He's got to be playing well pretty much every week. So he's obviously got something there. He's I got, agree. He's got, he's got pace. He's got desire when he wants to, and he can and he can finish as well. So it was great to see that yesterday and hopefully that's going to kickstart his career with us a bit. My highlight of the day um, was I was actually working on Saturday morning and it, and it came through on my phone that we'd agreed uh, with Lopetegui. So that was a highlight for me. Um, put an end to all this circus about managers and credit to, credit to the board for going and recruiting a, a real top-class manager because... If he can't save our season, I don't know who can. And we, you have to give them credit because they have got Julian Lopetegui. When they said about Steve Davis uh, staying in charge, I think we all knew then, right, they're waiting for, after Beal, they're waiting for Lopetegui to come in. And we've got him. But like what Jason said, it's the uncertainty in the meantime is not great. Hopefully he'll come in and uh, he'll stamp his authority. And there's a long way to go in the season. There's still 72 points to play for. There's a long way to go. Um Jason, your performance rating, man of the match, and, um, and <laughs> performance rating for man of the match for me, and I'll give it. You, I'll just give it you week in, week out because he's just consistent for me. He's been one of the best players I've ever seen in a wall shirt, and we've had far too long of his career, and we're very lucky, Ruben Neves. Um, and moments of the match, Guedes scoring a goal in open play, but he's he's massively underdelivered so far, Guedes, and I can't buy all this once again. Oh, you know, he's got, got to take time to adjust and all this. Paul's just hit the nail on the head. You know, a top player or players who want to be perceived to be top players perform week in, week out consistently. They might have one bad game in nine or ten. Yeah, if that. But they can consistently perform week in, week out. We haven't seen that from him. He's got a goal. Hopefully, he's a confidence player and he'll go on a run from here on in. And we'll see more of him and uh, we'll, we'll see the best of him. Absolutely. That's some great points, mate. We're going to bring on the wheel now, just uh, for a bit of fun. Well, if I'm invisible, I'm robbing a bank. Simple as that. Robbing a bank. I like it. I like it. Can you see it on the screen? Yeah. yeah. Right, we're spinning. Let's see if he comes up with something we're not doing. We've done this one, so we're not doing that one. I will get this updated for after the World Cup. Ah, here's a new one. Have you ever seen a ghost and do you believe in ghosts? Um, 
Can I jump in, Paul? Yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I tell you what. Quite interesting story, really. Um, so Jody Craddock, massive ghost hunter, right? So um, he, he took me to a place called Drake Loads Hospital. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of it. And uh, he's well into the paranormal, Jody. So we went down Drake Loads Tunnels and we went ghost hunting. And honestly, there was things happening there I can't even explain. And that particular night, it was years ago, I'd, I'd just met Amy and she wasn't stopping at mine that night. And I got home and I was terrified and I got both my grand sleeping upstairs with me on the bed. <laughs> that's that's mad, that is. Uh, Jody Craddock likes his paranormal. Oh, uh, he loves it. So I've been to four or five with him where um, basically he's ghost hunting and uh, we've been to Shrewsbury Prison. We've been to an old courthouse in West Brom. Uh, we've been to an old disused pub in Cannock. Uh, Drake Low Tunnels, we've been to some fantastic places and it's uh, really, really good fun. Um, well, one of my customers, interestingly enough, um, is a paranormal investigator and they've got a, a haunted place in Stafford. Uh, they do a YouTube thing on it as well where they've got the cameras and things move and stuff in the night and stuff like that. So yeah. I'll talk to you about that because if Jody's interested in getting in oh, yeah. to that, we can get him in. To be honest, Dave, Wolves defence had four ghosts in it yesterday, so I couldn't see anyone. Well, I was wondering whether you were going to do that, to be honest. I mean, uh, for definite. Paul, um, yourself? I'll keep this really simple and really boring. No. <laughs> I don't no, I've believe. Got, I, I, I've got a story then. Because I know Chris, there's a few that have gone about. When I was a kid, right, and I was young, um, obviously, I'd been a kid, you would be. But, like, I remember being in my bed and then the, the, the curtains opening and this white thing coming through the curtain. And I, it really freaked me out. But the next day, I went into the garage because um, my mum and dad told me to get something. There was this big bag of um, clothes in the corner. And it basically spoke to me. It, like, went... Don't run away, don't be frightened, it said. And I flipping was scared and I ran out. It scared the living daylights out of me. It was like really, really scary. But yeah. So well, we can't we can't top that day. I know, I know. It's like going to wolves every week, and it? it's scary. Flipping is, tell you. Anyway, guys, thank Wait, you so can much. I, can you just say, Dave? Sorry if I was so despondent tonight. Sorry for sounding. No, um, uh, I, I just I. So I I'm, feel. I'm just getting yeah. I, I'm getting quite nervous and twitchy about it. It's fantastic that Lopetegui's coming in, and if he can't give us the kick up the backside we need, I don't know who can. And he's got a fantastic pedigree. It is a real statement of intent. I'm excited about that part, but we've got to hit the ground running. There's no time for two or three games to adjust and all this. He's got to hit the ground running. So sorry, guys. I'll try and have a smile on my face next time. Um, whilst we're on that, just before you both go, um, what are your thoughts on uh, Leeds and Arsenal? Go with you first, Paul. I can't sit here and say that... How, how can anyone sit here and say we're going to win? But football's a strange game and sometimes strange results happen. Do you remember when we first got promoted in 2003? And I think Man United came to town... And Kenny Miller scored and we beat them 1-0. No one saw that coming, yeah. did they? But 
I can't say with confidence we're going to win either of those games, but especially the Arsenal one, you never know. But I think the Leeds game, we should go with every intention of trying to win. I don't buy this. Um, oh, we don't want fixture congestion. We don't want the extra games or whatever. Winning breeds confidence. Winning's a habit. And um, we need a win in any way, shape or form we can get one at the I moment. I agree with this. I so agree. I'd take a dirty, scrappy 1-0 on Wednesday um, and get us through to the next round. I agree. If if, win, if you start scoring goals and winning, it's a thing. Jason, final words from you on that? Lose, lose to our day. <laughs> All right, guys. See you on the next one. See you next week. See you, boys. Love it. See ya. Oh, that's great. Great uh, YouTube stuff. I hope you're enjoying this, guys, tonight. If you are, please smash a like on the uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening back on the podcast, uh, let's see whether we can get over 100 likes. Uh, we're bringing on, uh, for the final section of the show, we've got Nathan and we've got Sam, who's um, basically sitting on the top of Molyneux at the moment. And stuff like that. So, yeah, and if you do want to comment, uh, just to let you know, um, if you do want to comment on the actual uh, show itself, uh, then all you have to do is be a subscriber and you can comment in the chat with everyone else as well. So, uh, that would be amazing. Guys, welcome to the show. How are you, Nath? How are you, Sam? What can we say? After yesterday's performance, we were down. I have to say, Dave, like yourself, I play football for a team. I've been out all afternoon playing football. We're top of the league tonight, and it's all because of pressurising players and playing out from the back, which everybody says is a no-no. So it worked today for us. We uh, we won three out of our four fixtures. So Is that the disability uh, of the... the yeah. What, the Just so everybody knows, Wolves Disability Academy is set up for people that have got varying range of disabilities. Um, everybody knows I've had cancer and I've got a few other issues, so I've been allowed to play. My son plays for them. He's played for them since he was a youngster. So I've watched him go all the way through. And when I asked if it was possible to play this year, they said yes. I've got another operation coming up and very soon. I needed to lose a couple of stone of weight and I've done it. And it's well all thanks done. to them. So, but I'm getting back to being fit again and running around and chasing balls from defence to to actually scoring up in the attack today. Well done, mate. It's good to hear. And Nathan, how was your weekend? Well, ruined, obviously. Uh, <laughs> after that performance, you know, I'm I'm pretty much with uh, uh, with Jace. I think in terms of being despondent, and I, I don't get all this rose-tinted. Oh, didn't we play well in six out of ten? And there were there weren't many positives to pick out yesterday at all, and I think Brighton. Uh, one of one of uh, one of the guys mentioned it. Brighton were on a different level. They're so far ahead of us now. You watch the interplay of the front three there with March. Um, who's the other guy? Trossard. Just phenomenal the way they've pinged it around the front. We are so far away from that, and it's it's so depressing to watch. And you know, I've been a happy clapper in the last few games. I've been going. There's no chance we're going to go down. There are so many games left. But you wonder where the points are coming from because even with 11 men on the pitch, even with 12 men on the pitch yesterday, we wouldn't have beaten Brighton. They would have gone up another gear and, um, you know, we're so far away from where we should be at the moment and Lopetegui has got a hell of a job to come in. So the short answer, Dave, is not happy. 
Uh, Brighton, and you have to say, they're a very good footballing side. They're a very well-managed side, uh, you know, across the very well-structured. Um, they're where we want to be, really, aren't they? We want to be playing entertaining football at the top end of the table, you know, exciting, scoring goals. And like you say, we're a million miles away from that at the moment. Uh, Sam, do you think that... We've lost you for a second, you know, Dave. How, 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 are you, how are you feeling about the appointment? I just don't think the guy will get us out of the problem. I don't. Again, I, I've said it all along. I didn't think he was the right guy. The fact he's turned us down twice, and this is the third time that uh, Jeff and Co have gone back to him. I, I think it just reeks of desperation and I'm persuading a guy to come to somewhere he doesn't want to be. And I can see the situation will turn sour by the middle of the uh, second half of the season. I just That is quite, quite doom and gloom. Now, I'm going to come I, back because it's my job and say the first what first time he was coming, Spain, his national team came in and asked him to be manager. You can't expect him to say no to that. And it just left Sevilla, having been there for a long, long time, obviously. And from what I've heard about... Um, um, but the, the, the Spanish journalist uh, that talked about it, he was quite an intense manager coming out of a, a managerial situation for three and a half years. Also, his dad was really, really poorly. He's had five or six weeks. He's re-energised. His dad's a lot better. Like you can understand him saying no at that point. And now his dad's improved and um, he's obviously had a bit of a break and he's re-energised and... Obviously, Wolves have probably, he's basically said to them, I need you to back me in the transfer window. I want to bring in my own team. I want to come in on my terms. I want to have more control over the um, the decisions well, made from the sporting side. If that's happened, you can kind of go, well, yeah, that's fine. I want someone. But do you, re like do you really think that that's happened? He's coming, yeah, under, the he's coming under the title of head coach again. So he's not going to be given his own reins to do what I he wants. I don't think any manager should be given the free reign to sign who they like. But I think that if there's a player that they a manager wants who knows and thinks he can add, they should try and help him there. I think it's a team. Um, he's, he's, he's already said that there's two players that he wants. A couple of them have passed over the screen tonight. But are we going to give him £250 million? Because that's what it's going to take. We need a, a squad rebuild, not just a a full-back, not just a midfielder and not two attackers. We need a team real build, rebuild. Yeah, not, Wolves, that... are not, Wolves are not going to be able to spend £250 million because of FFP. It's not going to happen. But I can see that the, the, the purse strings are going to be a bit more loose. The one striker that they, they've been talking about, I think the Real Madrid striker, um, he's on, I think he's been towards the end of his contract. He probably won't cost Wolves a lot. It's one of them. So, you know, okay, but the big the big thing is here with the situation we're in now, we do need proven Premier League players. We don't need players that are coming out of Spanish leagues, Portuguese leagues. We need players that on March, on sorry, March, where am I going? On November the 14th, when Lopetegui is in place on the training ground trying to look at his players, he needs to know who's coming in in January and where he's going to start building the team up again. Because at the moment, after the last two performances, and I said it earlier on my comments, in 50-odd years, 53 years of going to Wolves games, I've never walked out of a game early. So far this month, I've walked out of two games early. 
I'm absolutely, I was livid at the last one when Vardy put his goal in and his, his antics in front of the uh, the North Bank. They were disgusting. Vardy does and, that every time he yeah. does. Howling thing and he, he commented on social media about two people that sit either side of me, and I certainly hope it goes a little bit further. Um, but I'll tell you this week, I mean, it just absolutely flabbergasted me when Grob was allowed to get through to put that third goal in for them. There was there was just nothing on it, and I just think the defense is lacking. I want to come back in and I want to get Nathan's view. Obviously, this is where we like having you on, Sam. You always say what you think, which is great. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's my job to counter those arguments yep. and come back to you. Uh, let's see what Nathan has to say um, on what your points, because obviously you don't believe that Lopetegui is the right man for the, because he's turned us down and stuff like that. Uh, Nathan, what's your view on the appointment? I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, Dave. There's no, there's no such thing as the perfect appointment. You know, to take Sam's point, all right, he's turned us down before, but I think there are legitimate reasons for that, Sam. And he comes with a fantastic record from Spain, Sevilla and Porto. All right, he failed at Real Madrid, but so many so many great coaches have, have failed at Real Madrid. So I think it's a fantastic appointment. I don't care that it could be the seventh time of asking. He's, he's finally got it, and that's the main thing. And, you know, we do need help. I don't agree that we need an entire squad rebuild. I take your point, Sam, that we are pretty pathetic at the moment, but... There are a lot of good players in that in that team. Um, we do need strength. Now, I agree with Jace, you know, maybe a central defender, a fullback. My God, do we need a striker? And we're starting to see with Triori Neves in the middle, there's a bit of steel there. And I think you probably need one other. Now, whether Nunes becomes that player, I don't know. Martinho's on his last legs. So you definitely need someone in that position. But who else is out there? To, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect coach unless you pet Alex Ferguson. You know, there the just aren't many out there. So, um, I was quite happy with the appointment. I'm chuffed that he's, he's finally going to get here. But, my God, he's got a hell of a task on his hands. Because, you know, I was I was only talking yesterday about the last time I left a match early was Sheffield United in 95, where we were 2-0 down. And I think we scored two equalisers and I was already out of the ground. And I vowed never to leave a match early. And for 25 years, whatever that is, I've never left, I've, I've never left a match early. Um, but yesterday, I could have quite happily left after... You know that that uh, that winner went in because it, we were never going to get back in the game. So I think it's a good good appointment. I disagree with you, Sam. I think uh, I'm, I'm happy to see him come. This is what we like debate debate on the channel. This is what it's all about because at the end of the day, football is always a game of opinions. And the one thing that we've all got in common is that we bleed gold and black through and through, and we just want our team to be successful. And when things are going not going well, of which they haven't. It's not just this season. You look at last season, it's depressing. I mean, I've never left a game early either. You know, I've always stayed to the end, no matter what. Um, although sometimes you think, what's the point? Because uh, you never know. I mean, that Villa game last year, typical point, point in, in case. I had my uh, niece's husband that went went to the game. He left with 20 minutes to go. And I was going, why are you leaving? It's like 20, 25 minutes to go. Oh, it's crap. And he missed the biggest comeback. One of the best days of ever when we, we won 3-2. With their, What a day that was. You look at Villa today. They've got their new manager. You know, they're, they're, they're beating United. They're on the up. They're, they're positive. And you look at Leicester. They've turned it around. And we're still waiting for Wolves to turn it around. The squad is not the worst squad in the league. Are the three worst teams? I think Bournemouth, 
will probably end up going down. I think Forest, I think Southampton have got rid of their manager today. We've got, make no mistake, this guy, Julian Lopetegui, is, a, is probably is an elite manager. He's an elite manager um, and he's, he's got a lot of experience. He, some people say, oh, he's come, he'll get us out of the championship. I don't think he'd want to put his reputation on the line coming to Wolves if he didn't think that there's going to be back in and he didn't think he could do it and he's got his team. So I am hopeful. I really do believe that we'll stay up come the end of the season, but I am a happy clapper. But at the moment, am I depressed? Yes. Am I fed up? Yes. Do I know where? The, that, that's, what I, that, that's why I was so down yesterday because I thought we could have won that game at 2-1, but we didn't. We it conspired against us and we lost and it's just like, when are we going to win again? And that's what it's like. But do you take some? Do you take Nathan's points on what he said there? Yeah, yeah, I can live with what people are saying about some of the things he's done. Um, I just don't think he's the right person for us at this point in the moment. I, I just can't see where Who we'll go unless. Right well, this is the problem at the moment. I've, I've mentioned several men, people I would think would be managers, not head coaches. But we only want to point head coaches, so they don't want to come. So it, it sort of blows you out what you're thinking. I mean, I've chatted with some of the people that do coaching at Wolves today, and they said there's been quite a, a bit of aminosity in the dressing room. Um, a couple of players that are sort of bringing it down. So there's no, there was something there. I think that was another reason with Larg that the uh, the dressing room was lost. So he was never going to be staying. Really, he should have gone at the end of last season and they should have replaced in the summer to bring somebody in fresh with that transfer window. But who we've got now wouldn't come then. Um, we've gone back, he's come yet, and I can fully understand that his dad was ill, etc. But he's coming, let's see what he does. But we do need a big spend. I don't, I don't care about FFP and all of that. They, they'll find their way around it like they've done with their loans that they've taken out, etc. And shelving off the players that are here. They'll offset it and they'll do something, but let's just we're going to have to wait and see. But I think come November the 14th, he's in there and half the squad's away with X, Y and Z national teams. What How is going to be the... are away though, really? I, I, mean... think there's six, I think there's seven players in the first team now that possibly well, will be away. Neves, so, Matinho. Matinho. Yeah. Saar will be gone. Um, but I think there's some others that are on the fringes that they've been talking about. Is Guedes going to be gone? three players that definitely will probably go. Yeah, cause... well... You don't know if they'll go and then they won't be played. This is what I always find. It was like Cody being picked when he was with us. And then he only got two games. And But he was brilliant in the dressing room for England. And that's why Southgate was picking him. I can't say that that was the, the right thing at the time to let him go to Everton. I think we heart back even further. And I think it was at the end of Nuno's reign when players like Jota were let go. Matt Doherty was let go down to Spurs. It, it started to drop apart then, and it's just the continued. The thing I would say about that, though, that, that, that I would say about that, Sam, I get your point, because we'd all love Jota and Doherty, they knew the system. Both these players wanted to go. They, Matt they Doherty didn't want, didn't want to, go. to go. Jota wanted to go, and we got £45 million. At the time, he wasn't even making it. He was only sitting on the bench. Doherty had been here for 10 years. We got like, we paid 80000 for him, and we got X amount, and, you know... He was, a, he was a great servant, but he's never really established himself properly at Tottenham either. But you can't blame him after 10 years that he wanted a new challenge. So I get what you're saying, 
But like, the when the players want to go, do you want players that want to be here or or not? We want players that want to be here at the moment. Again, we've got players that don't want to be here. Now, we, we've mentioned one already in the evening. Troy Ore, he's had a couple of good games in my mind. I don't see him putting the, the team on fire again. Um, he has 10 minutes of a decent run, puts a couple of good crosses in and then forgets to chase off the ball. He's just lost. Now, my mind, he's still got his mindset that he doesn't want to be here. Well, I've been told different by someone that spoke to Triori that he does want to be here. But well, let's hope he but, continues to improve then under Lopetegui. Well, he's saying he on that contract. Maybe Lopetegui will come in. It's a mm. grand. The good thing with with Lopetegui coming in, right, and stuff like this, and Nathan, you probably agree, he's going to come in. Everyone's going to be basically having a fresh start. He knows the likes of Neves. He's brought him through. He's he's gonna he's gonna command respect. When Nuno used to walk into the dressing room and stuff like that, the, you know, the place would go quiet. He had that level of authority about him. I don't think Bruno Large was much of a, a man manager. I think Lopetegui was got a man manager. Steve Davis and all of them, they're good guys. They love the club. They've done the best that they can. But obviously, they're from within the, the club at the moment. He comes in with a completely clean broom. And he's going to obviously, he's, he's got his. He's got his guys coming in on Tuesday. They'll be doing some of the groundwork. Obviously, he'll arrive on Friday and then he'll be taking over. So, hopefully, that's going to be a complete reset. And What we need is a change of mentality within the squad. If, right, what you're saying, there are players there that are negative. Because if you've got bad apples I, within a, the thing, it drags the rest down, doesn't it? He's I think we'll see him. Yeah, I think we'll see him not play the ones that are... Showing the negativity, I think he'll he'll bench them. We'll not even give them a bench place. I think he's the sort of guy that will be that cutthroat. And from the January transfer window, they'll be transfer listed. So Nathan, hopefully talk, he'll do that. Nathan, talking about January, what uh, what who do you think he's going to be looking to bring in? What sort of uh, what would you be looking to work in in the squad? Where do we need it's that a, help? It's a, it's a terrible time to it's a terrible time to transfer players in full stop. You know, good good teams don't want to let good players go. Uh, certainly in the Premier League, and it's it's going to be it's always a tough challenge to get decent players in, especially strikers. I can't remember many many times years gone by that we bought a striker in. Maybe a phobia, I think we bought in in the January transfer, but certainly not many that you can say yes, they're playing well. So I kind of disagree with Sam on the on the trialry point because I think. Looking at the stats at the moment, he's one of the best crossers in the Premier League. Yes, he's not always going to track back and he loses the ball. But you want someone who's direct, who's going to run at the opposition. And we just haven't got that in the team. You know, Neto was doing it in in fits and spots. You mentioned Jota. When Jota, Jota left, he was playing one in every six games. Decent. He just could not be bothered. You could tell he, he, he wanted a move. And I was, you know, I was quite glad to see him gone, to be honest. Doherty, on the other hand, I was really gutted because I think he was... He was such a Wolves lad through he, and through. He's like a you know, seven or eight out of ten every game. He is, he is. But if someone's going to double or triple your wages, and you know, you you are going on to the next level if go. you're going to, on to one of the big four or six teams, you, you'd be mad not to. So for him to go down there, and it's not it's not worked out brilliantly. He's still you know in and out of the team. I I'd have him back tomorrow to be honest. If we could, if we're going to play that system again, you know, if we're going to, I think Julian is is all about a, a three, isn't he? from what I've seen, a, a, a sort of yeah. pressing game. Um, he'd be fantastic in that spell. We, we need to bin off Samedo. We need to bin off John. Johnny, 
yeah, Johnny's cool. been the worst player this season in a gold shirt. He's been he's been dreadful. So we need to replace those two. Um, and he was always January, consistent, wasn't he, Johnny? Yeah. He was, he was, you know, like you mentioned Doherty being the seven or eight. Johnny was that man. He was always very mm. consistent, but since the injury, he's just not come back the same player. And yeah. um, well, you know, it's really sad to see. A bit like Jimenez. Sometimes it's it's just a player's time. You've got to move them on. So um, we, you know, January is going to be tough to strengthen. But we've we've got to find those those nuggets. And you look at the Brighton team yesterday, and they've got players in there like the Japanese international at the back. Um, man of the match for me. It was phenomenal. He, you know, he had Samedo in his pocket the whole game. Um, and yes, it was a red card. It was a nailed on red card for Samedo. Yeah. Anybody who says anything different, you're watching yeah. a different game. Took he, him out. He ran after him, and he literally. He literally grabbed him round the waist and brought him, and he was last man. So he's off. It's red card. So it's going to be a red card. Stop. Always uh, going to be a red card. So um, yeah, it's difficult. And I wish we were coming into a summer transfer, but this ridiculous World Cup in the middle of a season isn't going to help anyone. And we we have got a lot more players going than you think. You know, the Collins, Neves, um, wow. we probably have Nunes go. I don't know if Samedo's on the fringes of the Portuguese wow. team. Wow, South Korea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, Dave. Yeah. I'd, li I'd like to think, you know, he's got money to spend in January, right? but he, but teams are going to know we're going to have money and it's going to be very tricky to to get those good players. But they're just going to have to find something because we need those seven or eight wins before the end of the season. And, you know, we're not going to beat Arsenal. We're, we're probably going to lose against Leeds, which will be a blessing because let's get out of that League Cup and just focus on the league. I don't really care about the Cups. I just want to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, what's your thought? You. What's your thoughts on Ain't Nori then? And how he's been playing? Uh, I like Ain't Nori. He's just defensively, he's been pathetic uh, at times. Yeah, go back to last season when he had um, he had Salah in his pocket that Liverpool game. I mean, oh. that's for me, that's his best game. He was that was his well. best game by far. You, you take him off. You bring on um, what's his name, the, the, the Dutch kid. Um, who got absolutely trolled by Large, which was pathetic. You don't do that to your yeah. own player. Um, and then we I lost the game. He started and... to lose the dressing room. Then that's when he did that. It all yeah. started going downhill at that point. And Looks I think so sending well. Cody out. You know, I know we've gone on about Cody time and time again on here, but that backfired massively. Sending Cody out to one of your Premier League rivals, a leader, an absolute leader. He might not be the greatest centre back the club's ever seen. But he's one of the greatest leaders the club's ever seen. Phenomenal yeah. on the pitch, and and you know you'll know Sam how great he was in I'm the dressing done. room. Yeah, where's Brilliant. that voice now? Where's that voice? Go. You know, we've got Neves as captain, yeah. who's a who's a bit more of a quieter character. We've got a, yeah. as as Jace alluded to, we've got a very inexperienced back four, no real senior player there to you know vocalise what should be happening on the pitch. We lack that leadership in and out of the in and out of the dressing room at the moment, and that's a real real worry. If I was going to bring in my manager and, you know, uh, before we appointed Lopetegui, um, it was a certain ginger lad who uh, managed Burnley for 10 years. I, yeah. We need to be able to manage upwards. And that that bloke would have come in, took the club by the scruff of the neck. The football might not have been the, the, the most magnificent football we'd ever seen, but we'd yeah. have stayed in this league. And, you know, he wouldn't have been scared to vocalise uh, right. what Ten was going on with, yeah. with Scott Sellers and, you know, um, right. uh, the, the, whole, the whole board. That Julian Lopetegui is going to be a bit like that because I don't think he's come in as a yes man. I think he's basically he's played hardball because he wants to be a success. Um, and I think he's got his way with what he wanted. 
um, on, on actually, and obviously the proof will be in the pudding. But I think, like you say, managing upwards is quite an important thing. And he comes in quite now. They need him to be a success because if he's not, all the reds are on the line. So I think he comes in in a strong position to be able to dictate a little bit more than the likes of, say, Bruno Large. And I think, go on, Sam. I think his first thing he's got to do, he's got to change the mentality. It's yeah. as simple as that. That That's going to go a long way, regardless of who the players are. Mentality as you walk onto a pitch or how you train sets up how you are on a Saturday or a Sunday when you're actually playing your match. And if you, you're not training correctly and you, your mindset isn't in that you want to go out and win, you don't win. So it's as simple echo, as that. Yeah, I'd echo that, Sam. I think for me, the players at the moment look half a yard off the pace from what where they were last season. You could, and you know, from what I've heard, fitness, I've heard the same. What I talked about earlier about the fitness levels that they're not don't yeah. seem as fit. No, I don't. I no, don't I, think I, they've I, been training as hard. I think there's something changed in the training pattern with Lark. Nuno obviously was doing something different. I liked previously, and I heard this on the grapevine. Whenever we lost. Okay, players didn't get the Sunday off. They had to go in at half past seven and they had to train for four hours. Okay, and they weren't allowed to get out of that. That was that was a set rule. If they won, they could have the Sunday off, but they'd still got to do work at home. So whether that was they were going for a run or whether that was weights or whatever doing, they were still having to work at home and, and keep their fitness up. I think Lopetegui will come in and I think it'll be you're going to be in at half past seven on the morning, lads, and you're going to be working till two o'clock in the Mate, afternoon. I think this is exactly what we need. I, the, yep. the, the stuff with Bruno, where it was, oh yeah, and they're like flying off. He was had a car waiting and he wanted to go straight away and all these days mm. off that they had and stuff like this. When you're losing, it's like you need to... The discipline level has got to be set from the manager straight away. And apparently yeah. Lopetegui is a quite an intense manager, which is why he wanted the break to, you know, to obviously see his father. He's been in an intense job and he's quite an intense. I think we need that. I think you need someone that's going to grab the, the you know, be quite a disciplinarian, but also this, a manager that can put an arm around a player's shoulder at the same time if they need it. You know, someone that has got a bit of empathy. We also need someone, and I hope he will, connect with the fans. And from the way he was with the severe fans and how the reaction that they've got, I think he'll have that as well. Yeah, ho hopefully he can, he can he can do that both ways. I said, but as we've all said, it's going to be an absolutely huge task. And not knowing the league, I think that's that, that's the downside of it. But as Nathan said, yes, I fully understand his, his record with the, the Spanish team, um, was good, etc. He got uh, a Europa League trophy with Sevilla. Obviously, that's all there, and that's what we've been aspiring to. So, OK, given the time, given the transfer window, let's see what what happens by the end of January, who's who's coming and who hasn't come in. And let's see if those... This, this is my worry. I'm gonna, I did put on there earlier the fixtures. We've got uh, Everton away. We've got Man United... Home, Villa away, West Ham home, and Man City away. Unless he can get us some points out of something in those games, I think that will have just set the, the tone for the remaining four months of the season. And they are all hard games. There's nobody in there I could say at the moment we could beat. And I, really, and I don't care what anybody else I can't see us winning any of those games if we're carrying on as we are now. 
So whatever he does in this fortnight uh, when he comes in and then through the period when the players are out at the World Cup, he's going to set the tone for that game against Everton. I have a feeling they're going to be coming back a lot fitter, a lot more organised, a lot more... Tra- and in some ways, it's a reset for the season. They're going to come back and the season almost starts again. Um, let's talk about the game yesterday. Any um, points, Any anything that strikes you, Nathan, on the game? Your performance rating, man of the match, and your highlights? Yeah, I think it's probably been said by most people. I think I think Guedes was a was a bit of a breath of fresh air. I think just before he made that run, I said to the guy next to me, Guedes doesn't look fit. He doesn't look sharp. Oh, look, he's gone on a run and score. And, you know, fair play, he stayed on his feet. I think, as you mentioned, Dave, that could have been a pen, could have been a sending off, but he stayed on his feet. And he had, he had a decent game. Uh, hauling Pedence off at half-time, I think, was a was a strange choice for me. Yeah. There were there were, there were were other players on the pitch, I think, could have gone before him. Uh, yeah. I get the Huang thing, you know, we all get on his back because he's not scored, but he was completely out of position and he, he did his best, but he doesn't offer this team a hell of a lot, to be honest, and he's as, as good as we've got at the moment. So um, I knew we'd start with Huang in that kind of centre point, um, but I'd have brought Triary on a lot sooner. I think, I know he was fatigued from what I, what I heard from, yeah. from Davis, um, but I think he could have been introduced a lot quicker onto that pitch. Uh, as soon as Samada went off, I'd have probably brought him on rather than mix it around and bring Johnny Um because Johnny offers zero. So, um, man of the match, Guedes, rating out of 10, two, I think, at best. I think we were pathetic at times. We are so disorganised. Um, I mentioned earlier, Brighton are on a completely different level to us at the moment. Um, they could have gone up a gear and, and beat us any time, I think. I know that second half, we managed to quell them a little bit and play a little bit more defensive, but we didn't really look that threatening. Brian didn't look that threatening until the goal, really, but... Uh, they are. They were head and shoulders above us, and that's that's the problem. As as you mentioned, Sam, there are no easy games. You can say West Ham, yeah. you can say Bournemouth, you can say any of these teams. At the moment, we didn't. We don't look like beating any of them. Yeah. Um, we've got nothing up front. We scored. You know, yesterday was the first time we scored two in a game. We scored what six goals in total. It's it's yeah. it's wonderful. It's pathetic. Well, we, so. scored, we scored. We scored eight. I think it's eight goals in total, and we scored twenty five percent in the in the first half yesterday. <laughs> in what was your highlight? Did you say your highlight of the day? Highlight? It's it's probably well. I had a really good Bovril, um, and That's it was really line. good. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I no, Guedes is gone. I fancied one myself, to be honest. I always take a Bovril with me, to be honest. I'm a little bit of an old man. I might as well take a blanket, but I always have a flask and a Bovril, and I, see, I don't have to move half time. It's all very. Very pleasant. Uh, I've been doing that for about 35 years now. So, Guedes, highlight, two out of ten. Um, but, you know, with Arsenal coming next in the league, it's it's scary watching it's Arsenal scary at the moment. They, they are incredible the to watch. They Sam, are brilliant. Give, give us yours, your... Um, your right. Highlight yesterday. Neves scoring his penalty. It was right in front of us. So what can we say oh, about yeah, that? Yeah, you sent me the video. It was a good video. You took yeah, that out. we all went mental. That was about the highlight of the day. <sighs> Rating, I'm with you, Nathan. I think two is actually flattering them. I really do. If if they'd have showed a bit more passion, I think it would have been two. I'm being harsh. Just saying. I know you're saying two. I think that's very, very. I mean, you're well, in charge. I think it's very harsh because I. I didn't see anyone hiding yesterday. I thought they fought for the shirt. Okay, the quality and those mistakes, even with 10 men, they were battling and trying to get something out of it. And I think giving it two, for me, 
is a little harsh, boys. I, d- I don't think it is. I'm, I'm totally with Nathan on, on what he's done there. No, and I, I think exactly the same as him. I'm sorry. Last week, I wouldn't have even given them one. It was that dire. So to give them two this week, they've improved. So if they can get a three against Arsenal... I tell you what, we don't want you only... jugging on Strictly Come Dancing, you two. You'd be like Craig Webber Horn, would you? Would be too right. Too right. Too many heel toes. No, I think against Arsenal next week, unless we come out on our front foot right from the start and press, but we need to be leaving a bit more strong in defence, I think they could get five or six goals easily. And I don't see us getting anything out of it. Um, I've got to say... Sorry, I lost my sound there. I could tell it had gone. Um, I've got to say that I think the groundsman didn't do a great job yesterday. I don't know whether you saw all the divots in front of the goal. At half-time, right. they were still there. They didn't They didn't sort that out. So, that wasn't helping us. But, hey, oh, what can we else can we blame it on? Too much water on the pitch. Um, you know, there all these things have come out in the past. The, the long and short of it is we didn't turn up. And and that's that's the only thing you can say. We gave it a little bit of a go in the first half. Heads went down. We should never have taken Pedence off, Nathan. You were totally right with that. I'm sorry, from my mind, regardless of whether Troyori was tired or not, he should have actually started at the beginning because the only thing that does do good for us is it takes two of the Brighton players out because there's always two on him being marked. So when we went down to 10 men, we'd have been all right. We'd have still been playing against a, a level team. But... That's what it was. Wangi Chan, I'd wang him back to where he came from because he certainly ain't got a Chan in him. And I think that sums it up for me. Well, guys, this is uh, this is really helping doing my mental health a load of good. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'm going to ask you the question. I think I know what the answers are. Leeds and Arsenal. Nathan. Uh yeah, sorry, Dave. We're not going to get anything from Arsenal. We know that. They're going to... But, you know, you never know. These miracles happen, but we're not. Oh, we're going to get trashed. It could, If we can lose 4-0 to Leicester, we can certainly lose 4-0 to Arsenal. Leeds, it depends what Leeds team Jesse Marsh puts out and, um, you know, how seriously we're taking it. But they're, they're no great shakes at the moment. And you can see that. You can see that maybe drawing or or does it go to pens in the first game? Does it even go to a replay? It will go. I think to it goes straight it'll to pens. Go to pens, pens it? No extra time. There's no extra time. No, yeah. straight down. So, so straight to pens. But no, I I don't know. I don't really care about the league cup. I know that's that's horrible. And years gone by when we're doing well in the league, I really enjoy league a league cup run. You know, FA Cup semi final with my brother down to Wembley. One of the highlights of my of my Wolves life, I think. It's on the last but, uh, ten minutes. Um, so again, Dave. Oh, yeah, apart from the last minutes. ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah as we know. Um, so no, I don't think we'll get anything out of either, to be honest. Sam, Sam, I'm I'm just waiting to see. Um, and unfortunately, this is all doom and gloom. I'm just waiting to see the first team reach double figures against us. And I think it'll be Arsenal if we don't uh, do something serious. What this you, week. you reckon Arsenal? I, rec- I reckon they. I reckon they could get the Premier League record. I really do. I think they can beat their Leicester and that the way we're playing at the moment. If they come out, how they've played the last two games. They're going to put a rook past us. Okay, I might, might be exaggerated. Leeds, Leeds. If ten puts out. A lesser squad, we might get a win. But do you know what? The way we're playing at the moment, I'd let the under-23s right, play the we're cup We're coming game. back on it. You two are coming back on here next week 
and you're going to be coming back on here with your tails between your leg and eating humble pie after we've knocked Leeds out mm. the Carabao and we've beaten Arsenal. Are you down for it, boys? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I'll, I'll do. I'll record this bit and I'll okay. put it on and then you, we're going to get you two on and you're going to go, OK, or not. <laughs> just, just the voice of realism, Dave. Just yeah. the voice of realism. I think, you know, you've got all the... I, I, I love your panel. They're great. Everyone that's been on, but... They're all looking at it with with old gold tinted spectacles that you know. Well, we've we we're putting that mine bad, on were we? right now, mate. I'm there. We were I'm terrible. Bottom. We we barely scored a goal. We have barely got any points. We're we're second from bottom. Luckily, second from bottom. Bottom um, on goal and garbage difference. and on goal difference. So anybody who thinks next week, I'm telling you now, it's happening. Do you really think? Really yes. think, Dave, that Arsenal are going to lose at Molyneux? Yes. Bloody hell! I'll tell you what. I'm saying I don't. You know what? I, because I'm always full of hope. You just want. I you just want to have hope. I exactly expect what you're saying. That Arsenal are so good. The way they're playing at the moment, we've got no chance. It's the sort of game we'll win. We've I've seen it so many times. When we've got no hope, we'll we'll get we'll win the game. And we're gonna we're gonna win next week. But I'm probably you're probably going to be right, and I'm probably just talking out my at the moment. But you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have some positivity on the show, and we're gonna say we're gonna, we're gonna win, we're gonna beat, we're gonna go through in the Carabao, score some goals, and we're gonna beat Arsenal next what, week. What you've, got, what you've got to remember: yeah. where's the goals going to come from against Arsenal? Because a certain striker's still on his red card ban, and now Samedo's in with that as well. Neves. It's going to score. Martinez is going to score one of his things. Um, and then um, Wang's going to score. So we're going to get three. Blimey. So that's three three things we've got to think about eating on screen. Have you been eating special special cookies, Dave? Because you said a bit I mushrooms. I don't know what the producer's been putting in my tea. I don't know. I think Imagine it's mushrooms. Mushroom, mushrooms tea, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think... If we win, I brilliant. I don't think me and Sam are probably the people to finish off uh, off your, <laughs> your talking walls, Dave. I think you probably need to have us at the start and sort of misery. I'm sandwich. Like, I'm looking, you know what? I absolutely love having you on. I, I, you know, this is this is great because it's 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 real entertainment and it's real honest thoughts and passion, and you put it across in the right way. There's no thingy we can talk and have banter and stuff like that, and it's done in the right way. So, you know, I, my job is to sort of like, if someone gives one view, is to try and counteract the view and create that debate. I'm just, because you've gone so extreme with the 10 goals for Arsenal and stuff like that and the two rating, I'm going, I'm going extreme. Going the opposite way. Way. I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Dave. Out. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, Dave. There's only one thing I can say in here that definitely come true. We definitely won't be playing West Brom next season, regardless of where we are. Well, I don't know about that. They beat QPR away yesterday, didn't they, Baggies? Yeah, but look uh, where they yeah. are. Have you noticed, Bill? They've not won a game since he turned us down. It's like it's cursed him. Anyway, we're going to finish with the Wheel of Death. Oh, sorry, the Spin the Wheel. We'll call it <laughs> the Wheel of Death when you come on. We'll have to give it a different name. Hold on. Let's bring on the wheel of death for you guys. Oh, hang on. Look at this wheel. It says Wolves to win 1 0, Wolves to win 2 0, Wolves to win 3 0. Oh, dear. Are you ready? Go on. Here we go. Spinning that wheel. 
Oh, have we done? I don't think you've done this one. Have you? Oh, no, what I haven't. Was, what was your first computer game? Or first computer game and your favourite computer game of all time? Go on, Nate. Who wants to go first, Sam? Yeah, I don't mind. You go first, Nate. Well, yeah, I think, you know, because I'm probably a bit of an older gentleman. I mean, my first uh, computer is ZX81. Uh, ZX81? Wow. ZX81. So my first computer game was uh, Ant Attack in uh, 1982, uh, which is a 1K 1K computer game, uh, Ant Attack. Wow. 3D Ant Attack. Amazing what I get, they got out of that little, little computer. Uh, Favourite computer game of all time would be Sensible World of Soccer on the Amiga 600. <laughs> Mate, Just... we've got to play that online against each other. I'm thinking you can get it on. <laughs> Sensible Soccer is my all-time... It's the best football oh. game ever. I was so Without a shadow of a doubt. I was. I played it on the 64, the Commodore 64. Yeah, I don't the Amiga 600. It took me through university, that game. Um, I think, you know, perhaps not girls and beer. I think it was more about Sensible Soccer, sadly, but... Uh, great game, great game. But yeah, that's going back to about 1980, 1994, five, something like that, I want to say. Oh, what a game. Oh, yeah. I love sensible soccer. It was so good. Come on, Sam. Well, the first computers I ever worked on were IBMs, and we had to have a room in the office to uh, run the reels. So that's how far back I went with computers. So they were made by IBM, and they ran our uh, computer quoting system for insurance. Um, the only game she could play on it was the old uh, football with the, the, the little bats at each end. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but more overly, uh, I like Flight Simulator. That was probably the first thing I bought for myself. Do you remember this one, guys? Track and field. And the, the, the joystick and everything. Yeah, oh, the track yeah. and field was good. Johnson's one was a good one as well. That was good. Um. I also liked um, James Pond, the fish. And there was one game called the... Do you remember the Elite? No. It was like... BBC Micro. It was like a Vector Universe game. with Yeah, like yeah. The, BBC Micro. Oh, fantastic game yeah. that was. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, no, Brian says, 1985, the original Stickman, Wolfenstein. Yeah, um, yeah, one of the first foot first uh, one man first first man shooters, Wolfenstein. Oh, yeah. Look at what Gary's come out with here. Man it minor. Oh, what a game. Jet said, oh. well, he was a little bit better, but both really really tough. Impossible mission, the Commodore 64. I love my Commodore 64. I added an Amiga after that as well, mate. I love my Commodores. I did. They were absolutely fantastic. Anyway, guys, that was really entertaining and a bit of light-hearted humor. You've got one challenge left to end the show. Guys, please smash a like on the videos if you enjoyed it. Uh, and please consider subscribing because hopefully you're enjoying loads of entertainment. And hopefully if you're watching it back on Catch Up or you're listening to it on the podcast, will be out tomorrow. Your final challenge today, guys, to finish up on. I know this might be difficult. You have to finish on a positive. What's your positive message? Wow. I know it's difficult. We've got a, a new positive. head coach. We've got a new head coach. There's a positive. Okay. Nathan? Uh, I've got a new jar of Bovril. 
<laughs> Love it, mate. Well, there you have it. A new head coach and a new Jarabar Brawl. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We're on an hour and 45 minutes. We've had over 200 watching live all the way through the show. Uh, loads more will watch it on Catch Up and listen to it on the podcast. Keep the faith. I know it's depressing at the moment. Believe me, I feel it's as bad as everyone. But we've got two more games at Molyneux this week. Two more nights of um, of pain or maybe joy. But it's the hope that kills you, isn't it, guys? And it just. It really is. So, for myself, all the pundits, you guys in the chat, lots of love to you and your families, wherever you are in the world. And, uh, of course, keep the faith. Always Wolves. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.